Amen? So tonight, I'm, on Wednesdays, I'm starting a new series, and um, we're going we're gonna to teach on a subject that is near and dear to my heart. And um, we're, we're just going to, we're not, we're not going to rush through this. Um, and, and there's a reason why, because you need to understand this. You need to understand what we're going to talk about in this series. And it, you know, it's something that <clears throat> I think sometimes um, in our world, in the world we live in, the understanding of right and wrong um, gets bypassed because a lot of times people don't think there's a right and wrong. And what I want to talk about starting tonight, and like I said, I'm going to teach this, so we're going to, we're going to dig some things out, um, but the title of my message is that God is absolutely right. And we're going to talk about being right. We're going to talk about righteousness and understanding the righteousness of God. The, the, the word righteousness is not necessarily a word that we use a lot, you know, just in, in day-to-day conversation. So it's something that's got to be defined and then we've got to see it in Scripture, and then we've got to believe it, and, and then we've got to believe that we're righteous, because ultimately what it's all about is that we believe we're righteous. God wants you to believe that you're right because of Him. You were created, you were created in His image, and there was something in the garden that happened with Adam and Eve, and it separated mankind from God and so through Jesus Christ he brought he, he, he reconnected man with God through the sacrifice of Jesus and through that reconnection we became right with God but there's so much going on in people's heads and people's minds that want to tell them that there's no way that that could be there's no way I could be right with God because of things I've done. We have a whole world that is confused along this line and confused concerning what is right and wrong. And there's really a right and wrong. There's, there is a right and there is a wrong. God is right and everything and everybody else is wrong. But He said that we're right because of him so so then we get in debates over whose theological explanation is true in in something but when it all boils down the only way that i'm right is if what i believe is confirmed in this and then it really bears fruit because the Bible says that you'll know them by, they'll be known by their fruits. Well, righteous people, people that are righteous, that are living righteous and manifesting the righteousness of God in their life, are going to bear fruit. And for me to bear fruit, I, 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 can't, I can't be 
in a position where I'm in pride and arrogance and I'm demanding that my truth is right. Last week I was in a situation where a, a guy that called himself a Christian, said he was a Christian, and in my conversation with him within about 10 minutes I knew that he didn't really even know what that meant. And, I, and, I, and you know, you, nobody in here knows the person, and I, I'm probably never see the guy ever again. But I had, I had probably an hour conversation with this guy. But he made this statement to me. He said, well, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from the Bible, but I've also learned a lot from the Koran, and I've learned a lot from this book and that book and this religion and that religion. And he said, I've realized that when you boil it all down, that we all believe the same thing. And so, you know, this guy says this to me, and, you know, he, I mean, he doesn't know who he's talking to, right? And so, man, I'm, I'm, I'm loaded for bear. But I'm not loaded to shoot him. I'm not after him. I'm not, I'm not in this world to come against this guy. But I'm looking for an avenue. I'm looking for an opportunity. You know, I'm 10 minutes into the, my hour-long conversation, and I'm looking for an opportunity to talk with this guy. So, God, you know, the wisdom of God is the song we were singing, Holy Spirit, help us, you know. The Holy Spirit is the helper, and He's here to help you in situations. He's not going to do it for you, but He's going to help you. So in that situation, here's a guy that was created in the image of God that's, that, is, that is dumber spiritually than this pulpit. Based on what I know, okay? I wouldn't say that to him, and I'm saying that to you because you'll never know him. Okay? But you know what I'm talking about. I'm making a point. He, he, he doesn't understand spiritual things and he doesn't understand the Word of God because you can't mix the Word of God with other religions and think they mix. It's like mixing oil and water. They don't mix. They do what? They separate. Because God's right and everything else is wrong. And the God I'm talking about, you know, and, and I'm not against anybody else that believes that their God is right, but there's only one God from the Bible. The Bible says there's one God, there's only one way to Him, and it's through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. But you've got to believe that, because if you don't believe that and own that, I promise you, I promise you, you can be born again and be talked out of that. I promise you, you can be talked out of it. People can convince you that that's not true, and you're still born again. The Apostle Paul talked about it all through Scripture. And he talked about carnal Christians. And a carnal Christian is a, is a born-again Christian that never takes the time in his life to renew his mind to the truth of God's Word. And to really embrace it and know it. And so... When I, when I first came to Kerrville 26 years ago, this message was burning in me. And I mean, I, I probably preached it for five years. <laughs> I mean, nonstop, I preached the righteousness of God. 
I mean, I just preached it any way you could preach it. But actually, what I'm going to share with you today, uh, I didn't even see back then. There's some things that I'm going to just share with you just starting tonight, and I'm going to, I'm going to teach and for about another 20 minutes and stop. And then we'll pick it up next time. But it is so important that we understand this truth of righteousness. So just to start out, I'm going to give you a little bit of definition of some things that I think are really, really important about what this word means, but it's more than just the word itself. It's, it's what the word encompasses, what this word righteousness encompasses. There's so much to it. So first off, Righteousness is to be right in character. To be right in character. To be able to divide between right and wrong. When you're the righteousness of God and you know it, you know what's right. And when you know what's right, you know what's wrong. So, the judgment is already set inside of you. When you know what's right, it's already there. So see, you, you don't have to judge things or you don't have to judge people, but your judgment is there like the guy that I was talking to that said that all the religions are just pretty much the same. Well, I, I, don't, have to, I don't have to judge him, but what's already on the inside of me, the righteousness that's in me is judging what he's saying. And so what I'm looking for is an opportunity, and, and I got that opportunity in that hour-long conversation, I got the opportunity to share with him some things that made him think about what he thought he believed. And, and, I, and I believe by the Holy Ghost that I did it in such a way that he could receive it. Instead of saying to him, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. You're just a you're just an idiot. Who do you think you are believing? You say you're a Christian and you say that, you know, the Muslim religion and this religion and that religion, and they're all the same and mixing it all together. I mean, he's not going to receive anything from me. In fact, all that kind of attitude is going to do is just reinforce that he's right because what am I doing? I'm walking out of the love of God. I'm walking in pride thinking I know more than, than what he knows. Even though my judgment is correct, the way you carry it out is so vital. God says, leave all the actual judging to me. That doesn't mean we're not judging because the judgment's already set in. If I'm born again, I'm, I'm, I'm filled with the Spirit of God, I hear the voice of the Spirit, I know the things of the Spirit, I know the Word of God, I love the Word of God, I love God, and so when someone tells me something like that, judgment that's already in me is set in motion. But the judgment of God is not after killing people or tearing people up or being against people. The judgment of God is wrapped in the kindness of God. Because what God's after, He said, I don't, He didn't desire that one would perish, but that all would come to the saving knowledge. You know, hell wasn't created for people. Hell was created for the devil and demons. He didn't desire that one perish. So 
my responsibility on planet earth is to know and understand this righteousness, live in it, walk in it, and help other people to be able to embrace it. It's awesome. What such a time as this you and I have been created to live in and how awesome it is to have the revelation of who we are and be able to receive from the Word of God and allow the Word of God to work through us into the lives of other people. I mean, we're privileged. It is a privilege and an honor to be used by God to see a person reconciled back to God. Man. Mm, mm, mm. So, being able to divide between right and wrong, to believe, number one, that there is a right and wrong, and to know God is right and that everything else is wrong. And then to believe that because He's right, He made me right, and then receive it. This is... I'm just defining what I believe that God is saying in the scriptures I'm fixing to read right now to you. What he is saying about the revelation of righteousness. When I was in college, my one year I had a sociology teacher that he, he would... He would he, and I was just born again, and he would take the Bible and just, just destroy the Bible and talk about what a fool God was. And for anybody to believe that this, the God of the Bible is anything, they're foolish because he contradicts himself on all these different things. And what this guy did was he, he if you've been in, in a sociology class, he was proving that there were no absolutes. There was nothing that was absolute. And so... So there was no absolute definition to anything. So he'd take just anything. And he'd say, give me, a, you know, give me an illustration of a table. Somebody tell me what, if you were describing to someone else what a table is, tell me how you'd describe it. Somebody tell me. Okay. okay. Yeah, well, I can get down on my hands and knees and have four legs. So see, that's not, a, that's not enough of a definition. Well, then you could say, well, it's a flat surface and four legs. Yeah, but then there's something else with a flat surface and four legs. So there's no absolute. There's, you can net, there's, no, there's no single, solitary, separated definition for a table like there isn't for anything else. Nothing is absolute. But I'm here to tell you that not only does this Bible not contra this book not contradict itself, I mean it is so in line, it's it's staggering sometimes. It's so amazingly accurate and has the answer to everything that it astounds me sometimes. Astounds me. So with that, I want to just read a few verses of scripture and I want you to think about the absolutes in the scriptures that I'm reading, okay? And that righteousness is to be right. To be right in character. To have this ability to discern between what's right and what's wrong. There, there are certain things that are right. And we're going to see this in scripture, and I'm going to point this out. And there is an opposite to that that is wrong. And there's no two ways about it. 
But God, in the beginning, in the garden, didn't intend for Adam and Eve to know the wrong. That's why he said, just don't mess with the tree there. In the garden there, don't mess it. You can have everything else and do everything else. Just don't mess with the tree of what? Good and evil. Don't mess with the tree of good and evil. Everything else, the tree of life, everything else that is associated to life and God and goodness was ours. But not that tree. That wasn't God's intention in the beginning for us to know good and evil. But today, because we're the righteousness of God in Christ, we can know what's right. And we can know what isn't right. And and wrong doesn't have to rule our lives. Amen? We can be free of it. Totally. So, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Very familiar scripture for most of you. I mean, verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Listen to this in the Amplified. Follow with me in this in the Amplified, because I really like the way this is defined. For our sake he made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, that in and through him we might become endued with viewed as being as being in and examples of the righteousness of God and and in parentheses it says defines the righteousness of God what we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness so righteousness is to be right in character that's what he's talking about and the word in the new king james become is something that evolves. And it's something that we have to be so aware of every day. You, you have to be reminded of the fact that your righteousness experientially is evolving. My righteousness spiritually is a settled issue. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of Christ and His sacrifice. But soulishly, Soulishly, it's a day-to-day, everyday thing where I am learning to make choices to choose what is right. And you know what? It's an open book test. He's given me everything that I need to pass the tests of life. It's not the tests from God. It's the tests that are in life itself. It's open book. So he tells me what's right And He's empowered me by the Holy Spirit who is my helper to help me to make the right choice every single day. Righteousness is not going to just happen for me just because that's the way I was created. The fact that you have a physical body doesn't mean that you'll acquire certain muscle tone or anything else if you don't do anything with it. It's the same way with the salvation of our soul or the renewing of our mind. What, we're, what the Word is doing is it's renewing our mind to who we are in Christ. Who am I in Christ? I'm right with Him. I'm right with Him. And the more I choose that every day, the more right is manifested. 
It's all based on choice. Very few Christians do I see that really embrace the fact that their choices make a difference in the future of their life and the things that happen. Man, I can tell you, I can tell you today, choices that I've made, how it's altered things in my life or it's prolonged things from manifesting in my life because of certain choices that I made that weren't right. But yet, yet, I'm the righteousness of God and I'm becoming righteous every day. How? Through my mind being renewed to what is right in God. Notice in the Amplified here in this verse, it says, what I ought to be. Approved and acceptable in right relationship with Him. Why? Because of His goodness. Not because of all the great things that I've done, but because of what He did. See? And the more I embrace that and, and, and release the, the, the attitude that I've got to labor to become righteous and learn to receive it and then do. See, if I receive this revelation and then walk out what he encourages me to do, I'll save a whole lot of time and a whole lot of effort and a whole lot of wasted time trying to accomplish righteousness that is already mine. It's already mine. So the more I know it, the more I partake of it, the more I walk in it. And i just tell you this. When you get a glimpse of what right will produce, why would you want to do wrong? I mean, I was born at night, but not last night. I'm not that stupid. I'm not stupid. Neither are you. We can figure this stuff out. And the more we figure this out, the more we're living in, that, in the realm of righteousness that people want what we have. Listen to me. That guy that told me that about those other religions, I promise you, this is, this is what I, I learned this years ago. I heard Jerry Savelle say this probably 25 years ago at a Southwest Believers Convention. And he made this statement. He said, everybody I've ever shared anything with, when I walk away from them, I declare out of my mouth that the word that I sowed in them will not return void but accomplish what I set it out to accomplish. And that so impacted my life. And, and through the years, that's become more and more real to me. And when I talked to this man last week, I promise you that what, it was a setup of the Holy Spirit, and he helped me do this. I mean, I wasn't looking for the guy. He just, I was just sitting next to him in a, in a hospital and just minding my own business, praying in the Holy Ghost, you know, under my breath. And I was standing up on a chair hollering, ah! No, I was just praying in the Holy Ghost under my breath. And this guy just sat down next to me. And as he sat down next to me, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to talk about Christianity. I didn't have, like, I'm a pastor on my forehead up here or something like that. I mean, he, he didn't know me from Adam. But it was a Holy Ghost setup, and the word I sowed in that guy, I promise you, it won't return void. And he's going to get clear on what he believes. Amen? See, that's what we're here for. We're, our lives have got to be an open book for, for people, but just naturally. I'm telling you, there are so many natural things that God has for you today, tomorrow, next week, next month, and next year that you'll almost all, it'll appear as though you just tripped into the situation. But it's not. It's the Holy Ghost leading the situation. And when we put our confidence in the Holy Spirit, as we sang the song tonight, Holy Spirit, have your way. 
in our life. Have your way as we gather together. Lord, have your way in the things that I'm saying tonight, that they go deep in the hearts of your people, that we have this hunger to know your righteousness and to live in it every day. Amen? Matthew 6 and verse 33. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. And in parentheses, it defines what his kingdom and righteousness are. His way of doing and being right. Seek, at, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right. And all these other things taken together will be given you besides. And what he was talking about is, is all the cares of life, all the things of life. As we seek after what's right, his kingdom, his domain, and what's right in him, I have the ability to know what is right. Every time I see somebody that tries to act like, you know, they're being politically correct and we're just, you know, everything, we just throw everything in a big bag and just shake it all together. Every time I hear somebody talk that way, I don't have to really say anything. I mean, unless I'm compelled to. But every time I hear somebody talking like that, I realize very quickly, they don't know what's right. See, why do I know what's right? I, I'm telling you today, I mean, I'm not settling right now. I know what's right. Why? Because I seek after what's right in God, okay? Now, I don't know what's right like I need to know what's right, like I'll need to know next week and next month and next year because righteousness evolves, right? But I'm telling you today, I know what's right. There's no question. And so if someone else sits down with me and they're sharing something or some revelation from the Word of God it, based on righteousness and it's never dawned on me, why would I reject something like that? But if it goes against and goes contrary to what I already know, I can't embrace that, even though I can accept what people say. You don't have to be offensive to people, but you accept it. But I'm not going to let that alter what I know is right. Because God, God's not revealing something to me today that He's going to change. It'll evolve, and it'll appear like it's changing. Because like I said, when I was teaching righteousness here 25 years ago, in this town, there are some things that I see a little bit differently than I did, but it doesn't change what I saw there. It evolved from there. So, so we're, ever, we're ever constantly changing in the things that we know that are right. But I'm telling you today, I know what's right. How about you? I know what's right. I know what's right. There's no question. And I want to be on the cutting edge of knowing what's right and wanting to know what's right and realizing that my righteousness is not about me. It's not a, self, it, it's not a selfishness thing. It's, it's, it's not self-preserving. Righteousness is for the good of other people. And I want people to know that. And I want people to see it on me. Do you want people to see that you know you're right the way you carry yourself? I'm not intimidated by somebody that doesn't believe what I believe. They don't intimidate me at all. 
I'm, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about that. And, and I'm not here to try to make them believe what I, but, I, but like with this guy that I talked to last week, I looked for that opportunity. Boom, there it was. I had the time to do it. I could sit there with the guy because all I was doing was just waiting around. And there was this guy and there was the opportunity and I thank God I know what's right. Amen? And that guy, the seed that I planted in him will not return void but accomplish what it was set out to accomplish. Can you say amen? amen? So, two verses of Scripture that I'm going to leave you with, and then we'll pick this up next week. Romans 1, and verse 16. Romans 1 and 16. Paul says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news. The, the, in other words, the living, the, the word concerning the anointing of God. He said, I'm not ashamed of it, for it's the power of God unto salvation for everybody who believes. See, see, the word of God that I shared with that guy was the power of God to see that guy set free in his thinking. See, salvation right here doesn't just mean spiritual salvation. It means the soul and the body and everything. So Paul said, I'm not ashamed of what I know. I'm telling you today, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I know what is right, at least to the revelation that I have. And I'm convinced of it. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Somebody asked me, has asked me this question multiple times when I was sharing, well, what if you're wrong? Then I'm going down wrong, thinking I'm right, and, and, and at least I believed I was. And, and you know, you, I, I'm... I meet a lot of people. The guy I talked to last week, he didn't believe he was right. He didn't know what he believed. But there are certain people that believe they're absolutely right. And I tell you what, God honors that. There's something about it. And I like talking to people that really believe in what they believe is true and it's contrary to what I believe. I love talking in those kind of conversations. Because you don't, I've learned, I used to argue with people and fight with them over stuff, but I realize, I no, no, no. No, what I have in my confidence in the Word, it's the power to see that person saved and delivered. But it's not power, even though this is power, the power, the power comes forth when I believe it. When you believe it. When we, you and I believe it, that's where the power of it comes forth. Not just the fact that it's in the pages of the book. And that's what you and I, we've got to believe it so that the power comes and people get saved and healed and delivered. Watch verse 17. For in it, in, in this, in the revelation of the word, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is the power of God to people being saved, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. In it, in it, in the gospel, in the truth, is righteousness. And that's why this is so valuable to our lives. In this book is, is righteousness, but it's revealed from what? From one faith experience to the next faith experienced to the next faith experience 
to the next faith experience. The experience of where we're developing faith and confidence in God that He's real. And what's happening is we're becoming partakers of righteousness that we believe in. And we begin to believe that we know what's right. God needs a people to believe in what they believe. And not just talk about it. And not just go through the motions of it. But to really believe it and then walk it out. I think, you know, the Bible says without faith... It's impossible to please God, right? It's impossible to please God without faith. But faith, faith won't manifest itself in my life if I'm not developing it from one situation to the next. And as I hear the word and I apply the word and then I apply the word to situations and I begin to watch things happen and 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 maybe circumstances that seem as though there's no way for there to be change as i step out in faith in the word of god and i apply the word it begins to happen what what begins to be revealed to me is that you know what what i did is really right i mean how many people that that i know to, to today i was just around a whole group of people that don't believe anything about healing And yet, in God's book here, it says that it's right for us to be healed and healthy and whole and right, right? But but I was around for a while a group of people that didn't believe that you could do something with your words in a way that would alter and change the way the physical body is being affected. And it's because they don't know. And it's really important that I know that and not only know it but believe it and apply it in my day-to-day walk so that my faith and confidence in God gets stronger and then from faith to faith and one faith experience to the next and maybe something that I get attacked in in my physical body as I put it to work. It doesn't matter if I just know it up here, but if I'm not doing anything with it, then righteousness isn't being established on the inside of me, meaning... I'm not becoming an owner of the fact that I'm healed in Christ Jesus. Even though the Word says it, okay, and it's right in God, by His stripes I was healed. You were healed. But if if I'm not exercising God's Word in times when I'm attacked in my body, then I'm not going to really believe that's true, so I've not taken ownership of that. So when it ha- something else happens to someone else, I'm not willing to step out and believe God. When you're around people in hospitals, there's a real intimidation that comes, and, and, and everybody said, pastor loves doctors. Okay? I love doctors. I love hospitals. I love all those people. Everybody. Okay? Don't, don't think anything any different. I'm just saying. When you get in those environments, they have a a way of thinking. And so to step into that environment with a different way of thinking can be very intimidating. I mean, very intimidating. And when you don't believe, when you've never believed God for your headache to leave, and then you're attempting to have faith for cancer to leave your body and you've got all these other people telling you you've got to do all these other things, then in most cases, it's almost impossible for your head to line up with what is really true on the inside of you. 
because your head's talking you out of it because you've never practiced the Word on a day. To, see, see, in the Word, what's right is revealed from one faith experience to the next. So if I have a headache, I may take two Advil for the headache, but I'm going to pray first. I'm going to lay my hands on my head. Every time that I have something, I'll lay my hand on my head, and I just declare right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit may tell me why my head's hurting. I just come against the stress or the pressure or whatever that I've had in this day. I command peace to my body, and I command this headache to leave now. Start exercising it. What would happen if you said that and, bam, your headache goes? There's fruit. What's being developed? What's right? God intended it to be that way. But it's not going to just happen because we heard it preached twice and we made four or five confessions. It's going to happen because I choose to exercise. Even when my head's screaming, is that so stupid? You shouldn't even do that. That's just, I mean, you know, that's just stupid. Do it. If you see it in the Word, if you hear it preached, and then you go to the Word and you see it in the Word and you see it's true, just do it whether you feel like it or not. What can happen? What can happen? What do you have to lose? I promise you, speaking health and healing over your body is not going to create cancer. What do we got to lose? Practice it. One faith experience to the next is what's right revealed on the inside of you. And then, when you're in a hospital and somebody's being diagnosed that they're not going to make it, and the gift of faith begins to rise up on the inside of you, and God says, I want you to lay hands. You've got to know it's the gift of faith in operation, not your faith, but the gift of faith. And you've got to know that God's telling you to do that, and you lay hands on them, things change immediately. Why? Because you've been developing your faith, and you've been developing yourself in righteousness, in what's right in God, and I'm telling you, it produces that's what you and I were created to do. Can you say amen? amen. 